0: So far, Matthew chapter 5, we, if you're new to us, are going through the Sermon on the Mount. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. He's allowing others to hear, but he's pulling his disciples aside and saying, here's what it looks like to live as a follower of Christ. I gave you an outline tonight, and there's fill in the blanks. Because uh, some of you sleep during my sermons, and kids, make sure your parents fill this out, and if you need to help them, you will. Maybe it'll keep some of you awake. Uh, Andy Lee, who's across the other side of the world somewhere, which we won't tell, uh, he sent me a text and said, is it a mad lib? And I said, no, Andy, it's not a mad lib. And he said, well, here's my answers for the mad lib. He filled in horse, fast, blue, gumbo georgia football sleepily so if you were to read andy's uh guess on what the sermon's about the horse is in fast condition the blue has a gumbo character the georgia football has a sleepily calling so um that's not it you'll have to wait and see it's good to laugh because there's a lot in the world that makes us cry We need to laugh, we need to celebrate, but there's a lot of suffering. As I was watching Casey tell those beautiful words, I could look out across this congregation and see many others who don't have the stories of victory tonight. They have stories of real fear and pain and sadness, uh, real disappointment. Just think about the headlines of the last two weeks. These are the ones that came to my mind. There are many others. The first, Eliza Fletcher from Memphis, brutally killed. What what hit us so hard about that was not just this mother of young children and how it happened, but that this church that has been so close to us A sister church for so many years. We all felt that terribly. And then, as that church was dealing with that pain of that, the next couple days there was a women's two hundred women were at a Bible study and they had to go down on lockdown because there was a shooter on the loose, just indiscriminately killing people. In Canada, there were stabbings, multiple people killed. Ukraine and Russia are still at war. The CFO of Bed Bath & Beyond jumps from a high rise to take his own life. There's a lot of suffering in the world. Those are just the headlines that came to my mind. What is the hope? What is the answer? Well, surprisingly... What we see in our text tonight is that Jesus intends for the answer to be the light of Christ lived through you and me. For you to be so seasoned by the gospel that you are salt to a decaying world around you. Jesus intends for Christ's followers to be the light of the world embodying the light of Christ to a dark decaying deadly world. Let's look at it together. We're going to do as we have been doing and read all of the Sermon on the Mount. And by the way, ever since Ken McHurd got here, I've not said this yet, but since he's 12 feet tall, they raised this. And I feel like I could put my chin on it. Um, it's, it's not funny, okay? It's discrimination. Here we go. Matthew 5. For your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And then our text for this night. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its taste, how shall it be, how its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Oh, Holy Spirit, in these moments together, would you capture our hearts and our minds and overcome our wills and cause us by your grace to be the salt and light of Jesus Christ. We pray it in Jesus' name, amen. Salt and light, this is what Jesus says we are. Salt, primarily a preservative. preservative. If someone uh, was fishing in the Sea of Galilee and they, they caught a fish, They wouldn't come home and throw it in the ice box. They wouldn't put it in the freezer. They wouldn't put it in the refrigerator. They would coat it in salt. It would draw the moisture out. It would preserve the fish. It's also, salt is an enhancer. It brings flavor. It brings out the goodness that is inherent. Jesus says, follower of Christ, you are the salt of the earth. You bring out the good. You bring it to life You bring preservation in a world of decay. And Christian, follower of Jesus, you are light. You penetrate darkness and you bring truth and beauty into a world that is dying and in the darkness. You are salt and light. Just three things to see in this text this evening. The first, the world is in desperate condition. The world is in desperate condition. The very fact that Jesus says salt and light are necessary means that there must be decay, there must be rot, there must be something that needs preserving. And the very fact that Jesus says you are light means that there is darkness. I don't have to tell you that the world is messed up. I don't have to tell you that your own heart is messed up. I don't have to tell you that there's a fallen world and a fallen devil and you yourselves are fallen. You know that. The world is, in, is broken. The world is in desperate condition. It needs salt. It needs light. It needs preservation. It needs truth. It needs the presence and the power and the glory of Jesus to come to bear on this world. The world is in desperate condition. Today is 9-11, for crying out loud. You'll never hear September 11th again and not feel brokenness. The world is in desperate condition. And Jesus, the Savior of the world, loves the world and came, as John said, as the light into the darkness because the world is in desperate condition. Jesus came because the people were walking in darkness. He's so good that he came for the people walking in darkness to see the great Light, do you see it? Decay and darkness and death all around us. The world is in desperate condition. Secondly, the Christ follower has a distinct character. Jesus is calling his disciples apart, they are different from those around them, and he's speaking to them and he's saying, You are different, you are distinct, you are salt. You are light. You are bringing the distinctive character of each of those attributes to bear in decay and darkness and death. You are salt and light. You have a distinct character, Christ follower. We have a new nature. We've been set apart. We're different. This verse, Ephesians 5, verse 8, speaks of this. For at one time... You were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Now, now think about this. At one time you were darkness, now you are light. What has changed? What has changed is the light of the world has come into the world, Jesus Christ, full of grace and truth, and when you by faith received Christ, then Christ came into your life, and the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit, leads, lives in you, and now you exude the light of Christ. Paul said, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. The spirit of Christ is in you. And Jesus, the light of the world, shines in you. You're distinct now. And Jesus, the light of the world, has come. And as Paul said in Galatians, I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live but now Christ lives in me. Do you see this? You can't help but be light because Jesus Christ lives in you. And the life you live, you live by faith in the Son of God. That's what Paul says. In our union with Christ, we have been indwelt by the Spirit of Christ, and now we bear the, law, the light of Christ, and we are the salt of the earth, bringing out the goodness of Christ and the goodness of the gospel to bear in the world around us. We are distinct. And as the moon reflects the sun, so you reflect, brothers and sisters, the S-O-N, the sun. You are distinct in character. Thirdly, some of you are getting really excited because he's on his third point already. The church, but this one's the long one, so don't get excited. The church has a divine calling. Jesus said, You are called to be salt and light, and you are called to let that salt make a difference in preserving the decaying culture around us, and you are called to set that light up like a city on a hill and shine it brightly. What good is salt if it loses its saltiness? What good is a light? if you're going to hide it under a bowl, you are called to shine brightly the light of Christ. Let your light and your deeds shine before the world that they may see the Father. This is the only hope, brothers and sisters, for a dying, decaying, dark culture that Christians live their calling of being salt and light. I love, I've said this to y'all before, but Richard Gere said of Julia Roberts, she's lit from the inside. It's a great line. If you, Julia Roberts, she walks into a room, you see her in a movie, that smile goes, you know, it's like six feet wide and, and she just glows. And it makes a difference where she goes. You, Christian, are really lit from the inside. You really are because the spirit of Christ lives in you and you are meant to light up the world around you and to be salt, transformed people, transforming a culture. This is your divine calling, to love and serve as you have been loved and served. Now, how are we to be the salt and the light? How do we do that? Well, I think in the immediate context, we do it by embodying the kingdom ethic that Jesus says here to his disciples. As you live in the ways we've been talking about week after week after week in these beatitudes, you are going to be a preserving force in a decaying world. As you live according to these beatitudes and you embody them, you're going to be light Distinct and different and powerful and transforming in the world. So, what does it say in these Beatitudes? Blessed are, or deeply satisfied and full of joy, are those who live in humility and with contrite hearts, and with meekness and gentleness, and those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, and those who show mercy, and those who are pure in heart, and those who pursue peacemaking, and those who endure in the midst of suffering. You make a difference in the world because that's only the light of Christ that would produce that in you. Everything in the Beatitudes is countercultural. You can't produce this. Only the Holy Spirit of Christ can produce this in you. And so as you depend on the Spirit of Christ, you shine forth the light, you are the salt as you live out the reality of the Beatitudes. More simply, how do we live this out? We preach the gospel, the gospel of salvation. We tell sinners that there's a God who saves and a Father who loves and a Christ who died. And we live with deeds of love and justice and mercy. We live out the evidences of the gospel. And we portray the character of the gospel. This is how you and I are salt in the world. Let me ask you this question. How come we often fail so much to be salt and light in the world? Well, as I checked my own heart this week, I came up with one, two, three, four, five, six. It's a bad heart. Six things of why I fail, maybe you're similar, to be salt and light. First, I fail to live distinctly. I look just like the world. I compromise. I settle. I don't live like the Beatitudes here. I live for the flesh. I'm no different often than the world I fail to live distinctly the world leads you to live differently brothers we will not win the world by being like the world the world has enough of the world they need the light of Christ so when the world looks at you so far y'all are doing good like what kind of crazy people come to church morning and evening and set apart a whole day of rest and worship as unto the Lord That's distinct, it's powerful. That says Jesus must be worthy. What about your money? Does your money show that you live a distinctly Christian life? What about your marriage? Before we castigate the world for their wrong view of marriage and their immorality and everything, are are you demonstrating to a lost and dying world what the beauty of Christian marriage looks like? Are you living distinctly in your purity? Is your lifestyle distinct, or do you look just like the world? The second way I think we fail to be salt and light is when we live in the holy huddle. Sometimes we're spending too much time with Christians. We play Christian sports and eat at Chick-fil-A, and we uh, listen and only hang out with Christians around us, and we try to isolate ourselves from those bad people. Jesus said, don't live in the holy huddle. My prayer, John 17, is not that you would take my people out of the world, that you would place my disciples in the world to be a difference in the world. If we isolate ourselves from the world, we will fail to be salt and light. for I'll leave that one for now to move on. Uh, I fail to kindle the flame of the light within me. As Paul said to Timothy, fan into flame. I fail to live according to the means of grace and so immerse myself in the presence of the Holy Spirit, who is the light of Christ, that because I fail to do that, my light doesn't shine brightly. My salt is not very salty. Fear of man. One of the reasons I don't live distinctly in this world, one of the reasons I'm not very good salt and light in the world, is because I'm afraid that people won't like me. I'm afraid of persecution. I'm afraid of being called a bigot or being called hateful. I'm afraid of being left out of social scenes. I'm afraid of what it would cost me. I live in a fear of man, so I'm not salt and light like I want to be. Self-consumed living. I'm not thinking, how do I today live as salt and light in a dark and decaying world? I'm too busy thinking, how do I make John happy? Uh, and lastly. I think one of the reasons the church is not salt and light is because we have the wrong approach. We will not reach a lost and dying and dark and decaying world by telling the world how bad they are, by criticizing the world, by judging the world. We will win the lost world by being such beautiful salt and light that the world is dying to have the beautiful Christ that we have. Think about who Jesus was critical of and harsh with. Did Jesus hold up banners in Jerusalem and say, uh, how dare you? You are so bad, uh, you know, and, and pick on any social issue of the day and, 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 and proclaim to people, you're awful people. Woe to you tax collectors. Woe to you prostitutes. Or did Jesus welcome sinners and eat with them? Who was he harsh with? Pharisees, self righteous, religious leaders, those who were misusing the truth of God's word? We won't win the world by criticizing the world. We will win the world by being salt and light and different in the midst of the world but not hating the world. Jesus came full of grace and truth. We won't compromise who God has called us to be. Our hearts are held captive. Our consciences are held captive by the word of God. What else do we have? We can't. But we can be the most loving and kind and gracious and merciful people knowing, but for the grace of God, we would be there too. I have a friend from a long time ago, a good friend, I haven't seen him in years, but I see his posts on Facebook, and they're awful. None of you know him, so this is safe. And I never respond to him, so you won't find out who he is. I hope. But I think to myself, this is ugly. To, to, to bear the name of Jesus and scorn the world and, and tell the world how bad they are, that's not Jesus. Jesus. That's not salt and light. I'll leave that and, and wrap this up in this way. I, I was going to take the time tonight and I won't. But write these two passages down. If you want a good understanding of what it means to be salt and light in a decaying and dark culture, what Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 through 17, and 1 Peter 3, 13 through 17, I think that Peter explains what Christian salt and light looks like in a dark and decaying world very well. Let me just uh, begin the initial descent. You know how they say that, and then you've got 20 more minutes? Well, here you go. Um, The good news is it works. Did you see this in the text? When you live as salt and light, verse 14, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. The way that God has created things, the light always penetrates the darkness. The darkness never wins. And even the smallest amount of light makes a difference. And even the smallest amount of salt makes a difference. Have you ever been with somebody and like they're just you sit at the table and they are going to town on the salt shaker and you're like, good grief, that's like just a little. You're not going to taste the food anymore. You're just going to taste the salt. What is going on? Just a little, even. Makes a difference. It works. Being salt and light pushes back the decaying culture. It stops the dam of the rushing waters that are ready to, to sweep the culture away. And God's common grace, Christians who live like salt and light, do make a difference. Being salt and light works in God's economy. And secondly, being salt and light not only makes a difference in a dark and decaying and dying culture, being salt and light brings glory to your Father. When you live distinctly Christian, when you embody the Beatitudes, when you preach the gospel of grace, when you live out the gospel in deeds of love and justice and mercy, when you embody the character of Christ, who is the light. Your Father smiles. Did you see it? Look with me at the very end. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and they give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Three quick analogies, stories, something. Okay, first, Casey Larson in her suffering, in her doubts, in the uncertainty, in the fear, in her honesty and vulnerability. She would not have brought this on herself, but people are seeing her good works in being a faithful disciple and follower of Jesus, and Jesus is getting the glory. Your Father in heaven is glorified. Many of you know my father, mid-80s, has Alzheimer's, and he says very few things, and he repeats the same things over and over and over. He was in the hospital, an outpatient sort of hospital in Greenville, for six weeks because of some infection he caught getting heavy antibiotics into him. Six weeks. My mom would drive over every single day for six weeks. She would go into the room, and my dad, she said, would say essentially every day the same thing to the nurse or nurses, or medical staff that walked in, he would say, good morning. Do you know that God loves you? Do you know that God loves you so much he sent his only begotten son to die for you? That's a lot of love. And he would say it over and over and over and over. And it's light, and it's salt, and it's beautiful, and God gets the glory. Eliza Fletcher, the one who was killed in Memphis. You know, our connection to that church has gone back 20 or so years, and our beloved Pastor George is there, preached a marvelous funeral yesterday morning. We've known many of those pastors and many families in that church, and really they feel like a sister fellowship to us. So when Eliza Fletcher went missing, and it was Alyssa Preston who first posted on there, Pray for the safe return of my friend. And uh, I, honestly I wanted to ignore the story because I can't deal with the own pain in my own world instead of the pain that's out there. But you couldn't ignore this story. And then you find out the brutal killing. And then someone posted Eliza singing this little light of mine. Off key uh, to her little girls at Hutchison School during COVID, a teacher of little children t- singing this little light of mine. And it doesn't sound good. And it has been played over and over and over and over. And millions of people are hearing because of this one who was the light testifying to the light. That this little might of mine, the light of Jesus that is in me is going to shine. Yesterday at the funeral, this woman sang this incredible rendition of this little light of mine. It's pushing back the darkness. It's awful. What happened to her is awful. And there are no words. There's no way to make it seem okay. But even in the midst of that decay and that darkness and that death, the light is shining. It wins. It pushes back the darkness. And Jesus uses you and me to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And when we are, it works and God gets the glory. What a way to live. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. And we thank you that you are the light of the world and that you have come into the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it and that we are, as your children, new creations and we are your light living through us. Help us to be faithful, salt and light in a dark and decaying and dying world for the glory of Jesus, our Savior, who is the light of the world. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.